Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? UQQ Part 4, Episode 206. This is Part 4 of the Ultimate Questions Quest, which started with the question of the meaning of life, which led to joy, to Christ, to faith, which leads us to Ultimate Question Number 4. What is the difference between proof, evidence, and witness? This is a critical part of faith. We are constantly creatures that want to see to believe. We are largely skeptical of especially things like religion. However, even that has moved to things like, is the earth round? Is there a sister planet on the other side of the sun? That's a topic for another time. Was there really a coronavirus? Do vaccines work, or worse, do they cause issues? The list goes on. And no, I'm not going to take time to discuss those individually, but they are certainly things that have grown and evolved in society today. Let me begin by saying that nothing I or anyone says or does can convince you one way or another of anything. What proof can I show a flat earther that the earth is round? How could I convince a person born blind that the moon even exists? What evidence do I have that I can share that scripture is truly the word of God? The truth is none, at least nothing that will convince you. You must choose of your own volition if you believe or not. Let's talk definitions. Webster says, proof. Proof is the evidence sufficient to establish a thing as true or to produce belief in its truth. Evidence. That which tends to prove or disprove something, ground for belief or proof. And finally, witness. To see, hear, or know by personal presence and perception. A person's belief and acceptance as truth through faith or other means is as unique and personal as the individual. Let me share a few examples of this to illustrate this idea of individual, um, I guess the good term would be the choice to choose to believe. This first example comes from the Book of Mormon, the Book of Helaman, chapter 8 through chapter 9. I'm not going to read this one, but I will share the story as succinctly as I can. In the Book of Mormon, there was a prophet by the name of Nephi. This is not the Nephi that most people who have heard of the Book of Mormon know of from the beginning of the book. This one was much later. This one was the son of Helaman, who was the son of Helaman, who was the son of Alma the Younger, and the list goes on. Back to Nephi. Nephi was worried because the people that he was surrounded by, the Nephites, were beginning to sin and fall into uh, faithlessness and doing terrible things. So he was up on this tower and he was praying. And while he was doing this, a group of people came by and some began to mock him and wonder why he was calling everyone around him sinners. And some said, well, he's obviously a prophet and wants us to do good, so let's listen to him. So Nephi stands up and says, 
Well, I'm going to tell you right now that terrible things are happening in this kingdom. In fact, the king has just been murdered by his brother. Well, it wasn't a king. He was the chief judge, which is basically the king, but they're voted in. And he has just been murdered by his younger brother. Well, some of the people who were there that were the bad guys said, well, let's send some people to see if this is true. So they sent three men to go find out what happened. So these three men traveled to where the chief judge was supposed to be sitting and having court. And when they got there, sure enough, they found him dead. They were so astonished by this that they all literally passed out. Later, they regained consciousness in jail because the people believed that they were the ones at fault for causing the murder. Well, later the truth came out that it was truly the chief judge's brother who had committed the crime. Yet, people did not want to believe that Nephi had prophesied the event or shared it in a way that he would have not previously had knowledge. These three individuals chastised those who didn't believe because they said that they had truly been convinced of the truthfulness of his words from this one event. Now, I'm using this as an illustration, not to prove that the Book of Mormon is right or wrong, but to just share the idea that these three individuals encountered a situation that they chose to allow them to be convinced of the truthfulness of Nephi's words. Yet others who had been present and witnessed all these same basic things not only chose not to believe, but to get on the other side of the fence. So again, this is about the fact that the choice to believe is unique and individual. Another example is about the moon landing in 1969. We have witnesses, three, two of which stepped on the moon and one was orbiting the moon, pictures, and now the ability to see what was left behind on the moon by these men when they landed. Some believe that this happened. Others don't. Why? Things like, did we have the technology in 69 to break out of the Earth's atmosphere? To land without crashing? Did we have the technology to take off again? The part of the moon lander referred to as the eagle. Uh, you've heard the phrase, the eagle has landed. Um, that's not it was just an arbitrary or abstract thing. That was actually the name of the part of the Apollo 11 moon lander that actually did the landing. Did that, did they have the technology in 69 to have the technology for that part to launch back off and escape Earth's gravity, or I'm sorry, the moon's gravity? Or is this just a conspiracy to control us. The list goes on. Some take it for granted that we did land on, on the moon. Some researched it thoroughly and came to choose to believe that we did land. Some simply had faith and believed the witnesses and others uh, that it happened. And then there are those that simply choose not to believe. Did it happen or not? I can tell you that I believe that it did, but I can't prove it sufficiently to convince all. You must choose for yourself. This is true for all principles of science and the spirit. I propose one simple truth. It is impossible to prove to all and impossible 
to disprove to all anything. I cannot prove that statement, which is the point. We have to choose for ourselves. So when I hear, well, that proves that, one must ask, does it though, or are you just convinced now based off of what either you witnessed, saw, or heard? To that end, this is why I so love how Moroni puts it in Ether chapter 12, verse 6 in the Book of Mormon. And yes, I am going to read this again. And now I, Moroni, would speak somewhat concerning these things. I would show unto the world that faith is things which are hoped for and not seen. Wherefore, dispute not, because ye see not, for ye receive no witness until after the trial of your faith. Witness. Not necessarily proof or even evidence. A witness. This is as personal as the individual as well. Having said all of this, is there something beyond the mortal that can help us believe, can provide that witness, can, and I quote, change our hearts? And why should we care about faith or proof? I think if it comes back to joy, something equally unique can't be seen or even proven. But we all know it's there if you've experienced it before. And by it, I mean joy. A truth beyond the meaning of life. Behind, not beyond, I'm sorry. A truth behind the meaning of life. So this goes to the question number 15. New question. What does it mean to have a change of heart? To end, I recommend the following. Consider what for you is the source of what turns you to believe in something. And in the immortal words of my youngest son, Superman, Smile, be happy, and remember that you're worth it. Thanks for listening. I look forward to you experiencing this journey with me. Have a wonderful day.